I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Thursday, and I'm joined by Whoopi Goldberg for our 100th episode. This is Behind the Table. I am very excited because we are here on the 100th episode of the Behind the Table podcast, and I'm joined by Whoopi Goldberg. Thank you, Whoopi Goldberg. This is amazing. It's very fitting to have you on the 100th episode because I think it's your second or third. Yes. <laughs> but I'm thrilled. Yes. <laughs> and could not ask for anyone better to be here. Thank you for doing it. And thank you for plugging it every day and helping us through it at well, the end of the show. You know, it's people seem to like it, so why not? They really do. They really do, which is a nice thing for me. Um, all right. So we are talking about on the show today, we were talking about finding your roots and Sonny's mm-hmm. journey and things like that. And everyone talked about their backgrounds. You recently found out that you are cousins with former football player and current NFL analyst, Tony Gonzalez, possibly the greatest tight end of all time. Yes. We had him on the show so you could meet. Have you guys been in touch since then? Um, just to try to work our way to get to the Super Bowl, which unfortunately is not going to happen. It didn't work out. No, it didn't work out. We started too late is the yeah, problem. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But um, uh, I, I think it was wonderful. You know, John Baptiste is also my cousin. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nutty. We have a lot of interesting people. I'm sure everyone does. But it's funny because, like, you know, there's a, obviously the, there are talents that are genetic. But here you have three people, similar genetics yeah. and talented in very specific different ways. Yes. I mean, you have a world-class athlete. You have a world-class actor you, and other things. And you have uh, a world-class musician. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's uh, rather wonderful. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, and now, as far as Tony goes, your brother Clyde, who you've talked about oh, many yeah. times, yeah. and who passed away in, in 2015, was a huge yeah. football fan. Huge. You this can, would have knocked him out. He, that I, he we, was related to Tony. That he was related to Tony. And it's, you know, I think about it all the time. I think, because I haven't really been able to get myself together to go mm-hmm. uh, very much to, to sports things. But... Um, he would have loved this. He would have actually. He would have loved both. He would have loved both. Baptiste too. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny you mention that because I always like. You know, I'm a big sports fan. There aren't a ton of big sports fans on the on, at the table. Sonny's into some stuff, but you are a, a longtime sports yeah. fan. Yeah. And um, speaking of football, last year this was. I love this story because when you had COVID. Yeah. You were home and couldn't do much, and you were watching Hard Knocks on HBO, right. and, and you called me because you were really getting taken up by the Jets. Yeah. You were into yeah. it, and you were you grew up a Jets fan, and, yeah. and was Clyde a Jets fan too? Yeah. And you said to me, "Look into it, see if you can get some season tickets, and get the good go. ones." Yes, and let's go. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would get to go too, which is exciting. So I called up the Jets. I got us all set up, and and you know, in in the yeah. matter becoming you, it was going to be expensive. And then this is what makes me laugh about it because. The first game of the season was Monday Night Football, yep. and they said, you want to set it up and start going tonight? And you said, you know, I'm just getting over COVID. I, I probably should wait right. another day or two. And then on the first play, Aaron Rodgers blew out his <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year. You know. so Because the boy can play. Sure, sure. You Whatever know. else he does, he can play. And the Kelsey brothers can play. I, mean, I yeah. will miss one of the Kelsey brothers, and I, I'm, I'm rooting for— for uh, uh, Travis. Travis, because, of course, he's playing Tony's 
uh, old position in his old team. Yeah. Are, are you going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend? I probably will. Yeah. I probably will. But, uh, you know, I'm wishing everybody, and both teams, because, you know, I, I, I love the sport because I grew up in New York, which was always a sports town. And one of the things that I got a great deal of respect from was watching the competitiveness of the teams, mm-hmm. but then you see them, you know, hanging out later on and they're, you know, on the field afterwards, on the field they're, afterwards and they're talking and, yeah. to each other. And I just always thought this is great. So I'm I, my my feeling is that both teams, bravo for getting to the Super Bowl this year. Bravo. It was not an easy trip, but it was exciting to watch. And I, I would love in the future to, to for have us go down for the Super Bowl again. I would and, like and that, too. We'll start a little earlier next time. Yes, yes, we'll we will. It. Vegas would have been fun. But next yeah. time, next time. Um, you know, I, as being Whoopi Goldberg, I've been to a couple of events with you. Yeah. It's hard to go out. Because people know who you are and they're coming up to you. Is that you just used to that at this point? Because I remember we went to the big three, the basketball thing right, one time. Right, right, right. And, you know, the people you know that are coming up to you, but then, of course, people wanting pictures and stuff like right. that. Does it take away from the enjoyment for you? Or are you cool with it? Is it? No, listen, this is the truth. When I leave my house every day, mm-hmm. I'm leaving as Whoopi Goldberg. Right. And I know that there are certain expectations people have for who they hope she's going to be if they get the opportunity to meet her. And I try to do my best to be that person because it's very hard to walk up to somebody and say, I'm a fan of yours. Can I have an autograph? Can I do a picture? It takes a lot for people to do it. People don't realize how difficult it is. So I try to keep that in mind. Even when I've, you know, when I'm sort of hit my place, I chew the inside of my lip and I, I'll go for three or four more and then I'm a, I'm done. Yeah, I, I, I respect that. I can't imagine what it's like, but I, I respect it. Um, you know, you just announced, speaking of not knowing what your life is like, you just announced that you have a memoir coming out in May. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. really exciting. And this is like a really personal thing that you're doing. Yeah. You know, you talked about my brother. Uh, he's been gone since 24. 20- what do we say? 15? 2015. Yeah. Right before I met you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my mother, uh, five years before that. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered is that it's getting very difficult to remember things. And that's why, you know, when Chris Christie is sitting there talking about, you know, memory and is he up for it? Listen, most of us are not up for half the stuff we do, and yet we get it done. And his age doesn't concern me at all. Is he going to get tired? Probably. But this is the job he asked for. Right. And if he gets it again, I'm willing to give it to him because he's the only one that seems to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I found that I was losing losing dates and times. So the the book is called Bits and Pieces because it's a great title. I I it's all I can it's all I can grasp, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of the journey from being Karen uh and thinking that Karen has grown this way to discovering that a whole bunch of stuff was was happening in my life that I hadn't been aware of and that the outcome is kind of the same, but the journey was vastly different than I thought it was. And so this is almost a therapeutic thing, too, because you're getting to write things down and, and bring back the memories you might have been having trouble holding on to or no? No, it's, no. It's, it's really strange. People keep saying, is it cathartic? It's like it was, it was not cathartic because the only cathartic thing that you would ever hope for is to have them back, mm-hmm. you know. So 
a lot of what's in the book is and there are, <clears throat> there are pages that say, listen, some of this might have happened. Some of it might not have happened the way I think it happened. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> this, is what's in, yeah, this is <laughs> what's in my life and this is what I think I know. But uh, a couple of really interesting revelations about who we end up being when we're not the person we think other people have made us. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that something? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And you have to get the book in order to understand it because it's it was a it was a drop your mouth open, jaw hits the floor moment. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I mean I can't wait to read it. But the as someone who I think probably as much as anyone who's on television every day talking about their lives, you are still a private person in many ways. Yeah. Do you was it are you nervous to share private details about your life like this or is it? No, because there's nothing, you know, you can't harm me with this. Mm-hmm. Nobody can harm me with this. They can, you know, try to talk smack about my family, which, you know, people do anyway and I don't care. Right. And that's, you know, that's part of. Not caring is your not superpower. Care. It is my superpower. <laughs> it really is. Because no one can kick my behind the way I can kick my behind. Did you, have you ever in your life kept a journal or a diary or anything like that? Dyslexic. That's right. So doing yeah. that is, a, is an awkward thing. I never did either. Yeah. And I always, a couple times in my life, I've thought I should start doing this. And then I think I already missed all the good stuff. Well, no. And then good stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you should do it just so you have it. Yeah. And just so your kids have it. For their memories. Right. Because you remember stuff now that they're going to forget. Right. So if you keep a journal of it, it'll be great. Yeah, I got to do that. I got to I gotta think about doing that. Um, this week, kind of tied into all this, this week we were talking about parenting topics, mm-hmm. and um, you said that parents should not be friends with their kids, and it went viral. Oh. It was everywhere. I know you don't know this because you don't no. look, but it right. went viral. And is that how you were raised? I mean, you were not. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. There was no discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk to their kids, well, what do you think? My mother did not care what I thought. (laughs) My mother did. She said, this is what you're going to do. This is what she wanted you to do. This is what you did. And it was with the understanding that she was the adult. Right. And it's that simple. You know, one of the things I, I find most fascinating for me is how people responded to the pandemic because the pandemic freaked people out. Sure. But it freaked people out because people were forced to do something they had not been doing for quite some time. And that was talking to the people who lived in the house house with with them. them. (laughs) That's true. Talking to their children because parents cannot put down their phones. No, I have trouble with it. It's you know what? Let let me tell you what I think something that will help you. Yeah. Is that when you're on your phone, you're not parenting. Mm-hmm. And the moments that you miss to catch little things, bits and pieces of behavior, you miss because you're on your phone, you're talking to other people, you're doing other stuff. When when I was a little girl, you know, <laughs> there was one phone in the house and the adults answered it. You right. did not pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, when they said, be back by such and such a time, there was no, well, five-minute grace period. There was no grace period. She said, I said, be back at 11. Here you walking in at 11.01. Didn't I? And you're thinking as a kid, it's 11.01. I, it took me a minute to come up in the <laughs> elevator. My mother would say, then you should have left earlier. Mm-hmm. 
because I wanted you in the door by 11. It's like, okay, okay. But I learned consequences, you know, and I learned to when she said, this is what I am expecting of you. I don't want to have to babysit you this way, but because you don't, you're not listening. You know, she wants beat my behind. Once she beat my behind because I told her such an outrageous lie, such an outrageous lie. And she was like, I'm beating your behind, not because you did not clean your room, but that because the lie was so easy to disprove that I want to make it a point in your brain that you never want to lie like that again, because next time it could be someone you lie to who will kill you, yeah. you know? And for me, you know, that made sense. Don't lie to people like that. If you, you know, tell them the truth. What's the worst that can happen? Right. No, that's a that's you know? a bit the stress caused by a lie oh my is gosh. such a thing. It's and, a lot. Yeah. And uh it, I think there's a definitely a, a point in every kid's life where they just lie because it's easy in the moment. Yeah. But it's such a when you get past that, your life is better. But it it is, but we have now we don't have this thing where when I was a kid, the worst thing in the world you could be called was a liar. Right. And it that's... meant you were not trustworthy. People couldn't trust you. I mean it was it was a huge thing to be called a liar. Mm-hmm. And now we are surrounded by people who have no problem lying. They have no right. compunction about and there's no consequences. An obvi- and there are no consequences. Yeah. No, that's really I, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it like that, but you're 100% right. Now, with your daughter, Alex, mm-hmm. you ne- when I see you together now, you mm-hmm. do seem to be friends now. I well, mean, now, it's, yeah. yeah. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she's an adult. But, uh, but <laughs> she it, is you, an adult. But you definitely have a friendship, too, which is cool. Yeah. When she was a kid, was it more like you and your mom, or was it— Well, because I was off making movies. Movies all the time, yeah. Um, she had my mom. Oh, right. So, yeah. And so That's my, the both worlds. Yeah. Well, my mom was a little more lenient with her. That does seem to happen. But she she had no, there, were, there was no question that if I called and said, this is what it was going to be, this is what mm-hmm. it was going to be. So, and she was like that with her kids. Right. You know, and we're all weird and wonderful and, and we like each other and it helps. And, you know, Charlie, who is the youngest of the clan now, mm-hmm. is turning 10. Wow. And, you know... I say, listen, can I have a conversation with you? And her response is, if you like. It's like, if I like, yes. You asked me if you could, and I said, if you'd like to, you can. It's like, okay, okay, you got it. I got you. You know, it's very clear. She's very, she's very much my mother. That's and great. they've never met. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, uh, my daughter reminds me of my grandmother um, in a way that just the personality is very similar. Yeah. Which is cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes concerning, but cool yeah. to see. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? 
The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so yesterday on the show, we made some news because we had Charlie Ralph here. Right. And uh, you asked her to be a part of Sister Act 3, and yeah. she began to cry, which was very sweet. Yeah. Um, can you give us any update? All people want to know is what's going on with this movie. And I know it's been a process, but... It's a process. We have all kinds of... Things happening in terms of scripts, uh, Disney wanting to see the scripts, mm-hmm. and find out what direction we're going in. And and uh, I'm excited. You know, I, I would like us to get it done because I, I love Maggie Smith. And for me, she's I, I don't see how I can do it without her. Mm-hmm. So I'm and I'm trying to be mindful of her age. Of course. You know, now, see. People talking about Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Maggie's in her 90s. Yeah, I'd vote for Maggie. I would vote for Maggie <laughs> without a drop, man. I'm telling you. And she's still working. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you can't ever put anybody in a in an age pocket. But I, the the craziest thing that's, you know, been happening is just all of the all the religious stuff that's been coming. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that yeah. because you it's not to say that you are not a spiritual person, but mm-hmm. you've been you seem to me to be interested in things in a new way or maybe a uh, maybe a, a heightened way lately, because, mm-hmm. you know, we had Tim Alberta on, mm-hmm. which was a suggestion of yours and Alyssa's, too, right. uh, who wrote a book about evangelicals. And then we had Jonathan Rumi on who plays Jesus in the Netflix show The Chosen. That happened because you've been talking about this mm-hmm. movie, TV show constantly. Then, of course, you famously met with the Pope right. recently, right, right. too. So it feels like you've been tapping into religion lately. W- what started this? I think it must have started years ago when the when nuns were coming up to me and saying they were utilizing the music that Mark Shaman wrote in in church. How cool you is know? that? It was really wonderful. And I thought at first, come on, you're not. But it turns out that they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this idea of religion has always been a, a bit of an anomaly for me because it sometimes it makes perfect sense to me and sometimes it doesn't. And so I think it all started with Sister Act really sort of in my zeitgeist. And then, you know, my makeup and hair, Derek and Karen, mm-hmm. would pray for me, over me, every time I was going somewhere. And so we'd hold hands and pray and I would say, you know, we're going to get hit by some lightning. <laughs> you know? And they go, no, 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 we won't. And then, you know, every Christmas I go down and I tell the Christmas story. In Disney World. In Disney yeah, World. Yeah, the candlelight uh, thing. That's fantastic. Which was great. And and then I met, got to meet the Pope because I, I wanted to tell the Pope that I respected everything he was been try- that he's been trying to do. Yeah. 
because if you want people to come to God, you got to come to the people and show them a direction. And you can't just say, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to say, listen, we understand you're human. We understand. We see it. We know people get divorced. Yes, of course, you should be able to get communion. It doesn't stop you from loving God. You know, all right. of these things. And so I brought back rosaries for everybody because I figured no matter what your religious leaning is, a rosary blessed by the Pope is never a bad of thing course. to have. Um, and then I gave them to one of our guys and he said, have you seen this show? And I said, what show? He said, you went to Catholic school. I said, yeah, I went to Catholic school. He said, mm-hmm. well, it's called The Chosen. You should watch it. I think it will make sense to you. And I said, okay. And then I didn't watch it mm-hmm. because I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had some time and then I sat back and I watched it. And I was like, oh my God. If I was going to bank on JC, mm-hmm. if I was going to come to Jesus, this is this is the story because the visual, it's every conceivable color as it would have been. Of course. You know, in those days. And Jesus has a sense of humor. And so I wrote him a fan note and he wrote back. I was like, dude. Do you get do people are people mistaking you for he said, well, it, it does happen sometimes. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know why I'm writing this, but I got questions. And so we began talking about just beliefs and religion. And and, you know, I am spiritual. I, I, I think um, Jesus is a, a wonderful addition to life. Yeah. If you subscribe to that. Right. No, I know the one thing you're very always constant about is not imposing any dogma or yeah. restrictions or religious viewpoints on somebody else that doesn't share. No. And, well, yeah, or because you it. can't, no, you can't, yeah. you know, I think this is one of the, you know, people say, oh, you can't talk about religion and you can't, I think it's not that you can't talk about religion. I think if someone says, hey, what are you thinking about? That's an invitation. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone is just saying, you're going to do this because this is what I believe, that doesn't work for me. Right. Because I believe lots of different things, and many of them don't gel with the church. Mm-hmm. And so I just figured, well, God knows me. You know, right. <laughs> he made me. So <laughs> this is all you, G. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> so the good I, and the bad. Yeah, 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 the good and the bad. And and that is with all of us. You know, sure. we, we make our we make our mistakes. And, and then there's the, my favorite, uh, the 11th commandment. Do okay. You know about I don't know one? the eleventh commandment. Oh yeah, because there's the ten. You know, yeah. the ten commandments. The eleventh is do unto others ah, as you'd like them to do unto rule. you. Yes. Well, they call it the golden rule, but I would have put it. You know, had anyone yeah. asked me, I would have put it in there, in between a lot of them, because, you know, I think that is the the way to that informs have it. a lot of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're good to people. People are good back to you mm-hmm. for the most part, and it makes life better. So don't be afraid, y'all. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, earlier this month, we had uh, Israel with us on the show. Yes. And he's the 10-year-old son of Ajika Owens, the mother of four who was fatally shot by her neighbor in Florida last yeah. year. You shared your perspective on grief and dealing with the loss of a loved one to Israel, and it really resonated with people. It evolves. Yeah. It evolves. It doesn't quite ever go away because 
we always think, here it is. This is, this is the line, and once I get over here, it'll be different. And this idea that you're sitting there chewing bubble gum, and suddenly you're, you're chewing gum, blowing bubbles, and you're crying at the same time. This still happens to me. It's not always easy, and it's not always fun. But you're not alone. Yes. Right. You're not alone. Right. I saw in the moment that you weren't prepared to have that conversation. No, I was not. That was not something that you no. had thought about beforehand. No. Did it take time for you to come to that view that, that, uh, of what you said to him? No. Uh, well, it took time because I kept thinking, okay, this has happened. My mother's passed. And... I'm going to get over feeling this. There's going to be a finite line, and then I'll step over the line, and I'll feel better. And every day that passed, it did not seem like it was lightning. It didn't seem like I was getting anywhere, but in fact, I was. And it's the, it's the advice that I also put in bits and pieces. And that is, don't expect it to have a finite line. Mm-hmm. It's going to take however long it takes, and it's not going to go away, but it will evolve. Right. It becomes something that is now also part of your life. And it's hard, I think, when you're a little kid. I was lucky. My mom was in her 80s when she left, but I was, I just, I knew she was going to go at some point, you know, but I just didn't think then, yeah. you know, and if you're a little kid and, you know, they were in the yard, the lady came over to talk to her and the woman shot her through oh. the door and her son was there, you know. And so I just I wanted him to know he wasn't alone and that we all are going to face this at some point. And I he was so magnificent and and I'm hoping that we are able because suddenly his grandmother now who has been his grandmother now has to be his guardian not has to be that's that's what she wants to do she wants to take care of the kids but you know uh, it wasn't the plan it was not the plan and so you know we have to I'm hoping that the view will do the magic that they always do when we find stories like this and help her help the children get through this in a way that is not going to be harmful to yeah. them. I think I said this on the podcast before, but that until that day, I didn't know that we were going to put Israel on television because right. anyone who had gone through something like that, yeah. I certainly wouldn't want to put him in a position to make him uncomfortable yeah. or, or hard. But thanks to you and Sarah and everybody yeah. making him feel comfortable. Yeah. And uh, I think it was actually a great day for him to be here. Yeah, and it in, was. You know, of course, not something like that is going to change you. There's no way around it. Yeah. But he seems like he's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. And maybe even a greater man because yeah. he will learn, unlike many of us, mm-hmm. that terrible things can happen in childhood yeah that you're not you're not thinking of or prepared for but more than anything i really want his grandmother to get just a day off yeah because i can't imagine i, I can't imagine i can't either the, the, you know. the, the morning and the responsibility that's thrust upon her and everything else yeah and it's her daughter and it's her daughter yeah. and it's her daughter yeah. i mean it, it's extraordinary so you know there are shining lights like the view that highlight 
the good things that can be done in the world, not just all doom and gloom. And, and we do band together and, and we banding together for this young man and we'll band together when we find the places we're needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll try to do more of that as, as, as the world gets darker, we'll try to bring some more light. And I, you know what? I would like that. I'd also like us to talk more about religion. Yes. Yeah. I think lots of people are coming to religion and I'm curious as to why. So I, I would like us to sit down with three or four different faiths, Zoroastrians, mm-hmm. Buddhists, Catholics, Jewish folks, just to get a, an idea of of what it means to be any one of these religions. You know, your friend the Pope has a book coming out. Maybe he'll uh, want to... Well, he's not traveling as much as we like. All right. Well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take a I'll Zoom ask. from the Pope. <laughs> I'll, I'll, that's one I'll say yes to. Uh, all right. Well, listen, Whoopi, thank you very much for joining me. Well, it's the 100th. It's the 100th. Did, did we talk about anything cheery? No. I, do we need to talk? What, what's, what's cheery? What's going on with what's happy? You know, Valentine's Day is next week. Yeah. You know, you have become famous for the hit and run, but this yes, is yes. this is a time of love. What about what about that? What's going on with you? I have arranged several hit and runs <laughs> for uh, you pre-book. I, didn't I know do. You oh okay. yes, yes, yes. I book early, uh, and I will uh, have as good a time as I've ever had. All right, on uh, Valentine's Day. How about yourself? I, you know, I have a I have a, a nice steak dinner planned. I'm going to take my wife out for a nice steak dinner. We got a babysitter. Ah, and um, I'll hotel have hotel room. No, no, I tried. Um, but it was still, you know, I, I made the effort. And Heather, Heather, mm-hmm. take the hotel room. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a Wednesday night. It's not really the best. Yeah, it's not it. the greatest. No, night. but uh, it's all right. Yeah, you know, there's weekends on either side. That's um, right. All right, so there. We ended on a good note. That's a good note. All right. Thank you for joining me, Whoopi. <laughs> it's our 100th episode. Tomorrow will be our 101st episode with Anna Navarro. And as always, we thank you for listening every single day. We want to hear from you. There's a number to call or text us with questions right here in the episode description. I know this is going to sound crazy, but those of you who can hear me, if you have siblings, parents, you need to talk to them about making sure you know what their needs are in the event of something happening. Oh, that's them. right. We talked about this on the show the other day, please, and people really responded to yeah, it. Yeah, please, please, please. I know it seems like a terrible thing mm-hmm. to do, but it's really important because it takes care of your family. It's the best thing you could do for your family because you don't want that fight when you're gone. So I just want to point out that we ended up and you brought us back down again. Well, no, no. Yeah. It, it, I, I brought us around. Around, yes. Yeah. It all comes, it's a circle it, of yeah. life. As, yes, as, but the hit and run's on, and you know who you are. <laughs> Wow. All right. That's great. And uh, just uh, for our 100th episode, I'd like to thank everyone involved in putting these shows together. Thank you to the team from ABC Audio. Thank you to Summer and Nathan and Emily and Lori and uh, everybody in the control room right now. Thank you guys so much. Frankie. Thank you guys. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? 
Find the Campaign Throwback Series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.